Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the weekly episode of NFL Trend Zone. We are through two weeks of the NFL season, so we're talking about some of the fallout of week two and previewing week three, the things that we're most looking forward to. I think we'll do four things apiece. Uh, Cody Spears from Texas is off tonight, but I got Wes Johnson with me. I'm Dustin Baker and here with Jason Bolin in South Dakota. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contests, events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50, BLEAV50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. The NFL trend zone is here for week three. Foremost, we're going to look back at week two a little bit. Um, I've asked the panel who was short one man tonight. Cody Spears from Texas is not joining us. Nevertheless, we're going to go through the items on uh, looking back at week two. And I'll start uh, my first item that we're looking at things that stood out. We all I'm sure if you listen to a show like this, you look at the box scores, your fantasy teams, you know what happened. But some of the items that stood out are what we're going to talk about. And my my first one is the Detroit Lions offense, not their defense, because outside of Aiden Hutchinson, that still sucks. Their defense still in the toilet and will hopefully remain there. Uh, however, the offense, uh, DeAndre Swift, is having 10 yards for carry, which is at a historic clip, only bested by Jim Brown uh, in 1963 through two weeks, 10 yards for carry. And then Amon Ross St. Brown, by the way, is following up his rookie season with a fabulous sophomore season. He's the real deal. Jared Goff is a decent game manager through a couple weeks. And then, by the way, PFF says that they have the best, sixth best, excuse me, offensive line in the business. So don't look now. Until Goff's wheels fall off, this Detroit Lions offense is pretty damn good. And uh, it's it's so good that they probably can start to sniff seven and ten, eight and nine as as a as a reasonable record. And we didn't know that for sure coming into the season unless you watch Hard Knocks and you started banging the drum for that. So my first surprise is that through two weeks, it could always fall on its face. Let's hope that happens on Sunday. Uh, their offense is the real deal. Wes, your first week two surprise or standout? Yeah, I, I have. Um that Washington Detroit game as well. Um, I, I have a more pressing matchup that uh, I'll touch on a little bit later, but um, yeah, the, the lines look respectable. Um, the defense, while they have given up points, they are young, they're fast. And um, as they get experience, I think, you know, they'll only get better. Uh Jared Goff, he had four touchdowns. Um, ASB, he's a stud. Uh, eight straight games of eight-plus receptions. Um, he's the real deal. Um, and for Washington, too, uh, Carson Wentz mm-hmm. has looked very, very serviceable. Um, Better than that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, under Scott Turner's scheme. and. Um, 
you know, playing to his strengths. Uh, I, I don't know if he's necessarily back to the uh, MVP level Wentz that we saw in uh, 2017, but he is, um, you know, he's he's making a little bit of noise there in in Washington. So um, they might be a team that can um, hang in there and can compete in a lot of these contests moving forward. And suddenly, what was it, two years ago, we all joked and laughed about the NFC East, as I mean, rightfully so. And then now, if you buy into the commander stock, Giants are 2-0. They have like a Broncos schedule from last year. Cowboys are going to hang in there with Cooper. And then the Eagles look like one of the best teams in football. It's like, well, boy, all these, these teams are capable of being 500 or better. So uh, to his point, Washington seems like it has ar- is arrived back to the party. Jason, what's your first week to stand out? Oh, yeah. God, there's there was a lot of stuff. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff this year that have really that's really kind of I don't I don't know if surprised. Yeah, I guess. But getting back to the NFC East thing a couple of years ago, I think I was on this show and predicted a because uh, remember, we were talking about the the giants receivers and how they on paper look mm-hmm. good and yep. how and that was when the cowboys should have been good as well mm-hmm. and then i think we threw in uh the redskins with that defense in that i thought that they could have been that that kind of division then but yeah, yeah it looks like it's coming to fruition now um my biggest surprise so far is the ineptitude what seems to be of the the Bengals offense <laughs> um <laughs> You know, I was going to, obviously I had that game that you guys both mentioned as well with the lions, um, looking, looking like, I mean, definitely respectable, uh, thus far. I brought that up to a guy at work. Who's a commander's fan. And he, and he didn't seem to agree. He's just, cause I was like, cause he's a, I was like, was it bad commanders or, or could we chalk that up to good lions? Cause I thought it was good lions defense. Um, without saying, but he's like, oh no, it was just bad commanders. Like his commander should have dominated them, <laughs> um, which I completely disagreed with. But nonetheless, yeah, the 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 Bengals. I mean, Burrow un, uh, under two hundred yards again, one touchdown. Uh, I think T Higgins got that one. Um, that's that's been my biggest surprise from this past week. Is like I figured they would. I I chalked that first week up to. I watched that game against the Steelers and that Steelers defense was all over the place, mm-hmm. flying everywhere, chalked it up to that defense just being that good. But um, boy, the Bengals need to kick it up a notch uh, offensively. That was, I didn't figure that they'd have a, a Super Bowl hangover at all just because of some of the pieces they added, but oof. Yeah. And and on top of it all, they, they <clears throat> had a chief CN off season in fortifying their offensive line and yeah. it hasn't worked in a chief CN way thus far. But on, on the Bengals, and I know when we're in August talking about, oh, they might have a Super Bowl hangover, we and I, we don't say that, you know, just to make headlines. I'm telling you, the proof is in the pudding. The runner-up team for the Super Bowl usually has a hell of a time replicating what happened. I have no idea what the mojo is for it, but I can tell you verifiably it happens almost every year. So I I, I didn't see him going 0-2. Um, but I think in my playoff predictions, I had them all the way down the seventh seed because I thought they'd be about nine and eight because that's what Super Bowl hangover teams do. Um, so we'll see if they turn it around. My next one, and this might double up between the both of you, is, is the Colts' lifelessness. Mm. They got shut out by the Yaguars. And Matt Ryan, I don't know if anybody thought he was going to come in on, no pun intended, the horse to save the day and they were going to 
win the Super Bowl, but they should be in a position to win the division because of how poor we thought it was. And their roster, I don't know what I'm missing, is a good one, but they're not executing. And it's getting to the point where I believe uh, Reich would be on the hot seat if they if they're like one in five or some shit like that, because this roster is decent enough to go 500 or better, especially in what should be the worst division football. And uh, for however long Wes and I, when we started the show a year and a half ago, or maybe a little longer than that, I've always complimented how the Colts run their business. And that means the players that they accrue and they ain't producing. So they could be on their quarter or quarterback carousel once again in February or March. That's my number two. Wes, what is yours? Yeah, I have to agree with you in regards to the Colts. Um, I think that was the eighth straight time that they've gone down to Jacksonville and lost. So <laughs> eight straight years. Um, I mean, two, I guess the, the team chemistry or team construction. Uh, Matt Ryan was without his top two wide receiving options. Mm-hmm. Uh, that defense is still uh, missing. Um, Derek oh, Shaquille Leonard now. Yep. Um, so I, I'm not completely out on on them, but they do face a must-win game uh, this coming weekend. Um, just to touch uh, again on uh, Cincy and Dallas game, yeah, Cincy's in uh, big trouble. Uh, I spoke earlier uh, in the off season that uh, teams are starting to figure Burrow out, or you know, now that there might be in a, a little bit more tape. Uh, Defense coordinators will be able to scheme a little bit better against Burrow, and I, I think that's starting to happen. Um, you know, they uh, opposing defense coordinator knows to get pressure. Um, as of right now, the revamped offensive line that they have, they can't stop a cold. Um, I predicted that they would not even make the playoffs, and I'm looking pretty good on that right now. Uh, the number two thing is the Bengals have already seen uh, cover two on a league high 40.9% uh, of snaps. The next closest team to face cover two is Washington at 30.6. So that's oh, a 10% gap in cover two. This is what I'm saying with teams figuring out how to defend Joe Burrow. Um, at this time last year, Cincinnati had seen cover two on just uh, 13.6 of its snaps. Um, they have four pla- they ha- have four pass plays of 20 plus yards. Uh, they averaged 3.7 pass plays of 20 plus yards per game in uh, 2021. So, yeah, so that should be seven or eight uh, by now. These coordinators are adjusting. Uh, they looked at what worked last year, and they are definitely applying it. Um, so since he's in trouble, they, they need to, uh, adjust to this and adjust on the fly, which isn't always easy to do, especially when, uh, your offense line and protection is falling apart. Um, on the Colts, when you finished up my, my point there, you said that they're facing a must win game. Well, all they got to do is beat the chiefs. Easy peasy. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's one of my, uh, what to look for. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, then you're going to give us more context. Jason, give us your number two. Man, it's hard for me to, to pick a number number two. These are all, I got so many, you know, I'm sure this this game is, might be your number one. 
I'm going to save it for my number one. Um, and I'm just going to, since you're talking about not necessarily looking at the box scores, because um, if you are looking at the box scores, audience, um, Denver needs to fire their coach. They need to get rid of him. Hackett's a gomer. He has no clue what he's doing. He is out of his element. He is a complete Neanderthal out there. Um, but, you know, and I don't know if it's just because we finally got an offensive coach that I'm just, you know, willing to go to bat for this guy. But I think it's important that we that we step back for a second and 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 look at exactly what he's did. Somebody asked them, somebody asked him if they were gonna if he was gonna surrender the play calling. Um, and yeah, it has been ugly football for him so far, but did you guys know that, uh, there is not a single team in the, um, in the league right now that's moving the ball better than them. They have the seventh ranked offense in football aside from points. Mm -hmm. Um, the second closest team that's well, and that the top four are the Broncos and it's not even close followed by the chiefs, the Eagles and the, um, uh, and the bills. That's pretty good. Now you could say, well, it's not hard to move the ball in between the twenties. Well, yeah, it is. If you were a uh, Denver Bronco for the last <laughs> six years. So they've had the opportunity to score six to seven touchdowns and they have botched those opportunities. That's not going to happen all season. Uh, I think people need to pump the brakes on, on the Broncos. That's not just me being a homer, but I think that's realistic to expect some growing pains on there. So that was the stat that shocked me the most when I saw it. Um, I don't know that how many people knew that, how many people care to know that, but there you go. Uh, my next one is the Titans run. If you want to call it that may be coming to a close. They are Owen two. their offense sucks. Their defense sucks at least through two weeks. Uh, they're running back hasn't played well. I'll get to him when we get to week three expectations. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is kind of Ryan Tannehill that we know and love decent, not great, but not horrible. And I don't know, I, as long as we've been doing NFL trend zone, they always felt like a fool's gold team that was pretty damn good, but never a serious contender. And I think I just, it might be time where not, not, not the variable needs to be fired, but I think that their run, if you want to call it, that is trickling to a close at zero and two. And, Oh, I got this one up. Uh, I'm talking about them here in about 15 minutes, one more time, but that's in context with the Raiders. So uh, it might be premature, but at 0-2, the Titans are in trouble, and they were the one seed last year. Wes. Yeah, real quick on the on the Titans, Dustin. Uh, the, the Titans, because yeah, we've never been high on them, guys, but kind of reminded no. you of the – of the of the Bengals during that one run that they are that you know five six year run that they had with Dalton yeah I yeah. think that they got they got as high as the two seed maybe even the one seed one of those years yeah with uh yeah where it always they were fundamentally sound run by at that time would have been was that Herm was that Herm at the time I think no? it might have been no no, no no um God what I can't think of his name me neither. It's not Herm. It's uh, Marvin Lewis. Yeah, Marvin, Marvin Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, he, yeah. And people forget that they were respectable for about a five-year stretch when Dalton was considered a top thirteen dude or so. I mean, they yeah. were so good for so long that eventually people would convince themselves this has to be their year. Yeah, you know, they. I mean, they were you know finished eleven and five, twelve and six, four, and I mean, yeah, the Titans came to prominence when they knocked Brady off the Patriots, so to speak. And that was 2019. So I guess it was a, a three-year run and it just doesn't feel right this time. And it never really felt magical to begin with. Yep. Wes, number three for you. 
Number three. Um, so I, what I wound up choosing to do, or choosing to do, I'm sorry, uh, was just to pick four game matchups and, you know, see what I liked in, in mm-hmm. each of those matchups. Uh, it was the first game of the week, Chargers at Kansas City. Um, it was back and forth, the uh, divisional game. I think Mahomes was the beneficiary of a few likely INTs that were called off. Um, and uh, Herbert seemed to show a little bit of moxie, too. He he came up short, but he battled um, bruised or cracked ribs, whatever it was, yeah. uh, down the stretch there. And just when he thought, you know, it was it was going to end on a, a fourth down, he delivered on on two straight. Um, I'm kind of wondering what's happening with Eckler though. The uh, the team seems to uh, not necessarily be fading away from him, but they are definitely getting some of the other guys more involved than they have in previous years. So. Uh, from a fantasy standpoint, that might be something to monitor. So the Chargers, even though they get habitually snake bitten by goofy stuff, they are a, a pretty well-run organization. Um, but the what's happening to Herbert reminds me of Stafford in a little bit of a, a way where the guy, I mean, Herbert even better than Stafford already, I think. But it seems like this guy's this good but your team can't make the playoffs and then you're losing these barn burners to the chiefs. It seems like something's got to give here at some point where this guy, I think in everybody's power rankings is a top five quarterback. Like when, when are they going to bust out of the gate three and oh, and be the team kind of like the bills are right now. And until then it feels like poor guy. What's the deal. Jason. Number three, number three is the understood quarterback. Mr. Flacco. Oh, what a start to the season for that young man. Um, (laughs) You know, I uh, I was looking at, you know, kind of getting back to what you were talking about with Wentz earlier, looking very serviceable and, you know, um, looking like he's fitting right in over there in, um, in Washington. Uh, And see the top five passers for the season so far. And then you see Flacco's name in there. Yep, it's in there. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And then for, you know, the, the comeback victory that he had the other, uh, the other day against, Oh my God. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't believe I'm watching that. Oh yeah. I had on red zone and there was a period of about 30 minutes where <clears throat> it was glued to your seat. Like everything, yeah. every game, every, every, or they were going back and forth between three games that were going through like, holy shit moments. Yeah. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just incredible. Had, a lot of them had to do with Wes's dolphins too. And <laughs> in, in, in NFL history, since I've been watching in 1989, there's always quarterbacks like Flacco that, that were pretty damn good. You know, everybody respected them, but then they, they fall out. And they come back for one that lasts hurrah. It's like it's like a rite of passage where those guys still have like you know the old grit in them, and then their backup quarterback to come in and they you like Fitzpatrick did every place that he went. It, like they have a really really good stretch, and I don't know. It's always kind of cool. Most of the time it bottoms out unless your name is Rich Gannon and it just goes yeah. for two years. But it's always cool because you know there's. The, the, a really good quarterback in there somewhere and it usually shows up and that's why i think these guys are employed as qb2s yeah i always reference that um 
that Fitzpatrick start of the season for the Buccaneers yeah. a few years back when he was coming out and, you know, looking like Connor McGregor and giving those interviews, led the league in passing. The Bucks offenses looked awesome. Four mm-hmm. or five touchdowns a game. <laughs> um, and then, you know, and then we all saw what happened mm. after that. So that's why I always like to pump the brakes on any overreaction or reaction that I may have within the first quarter of the season. Just yeah. let it kind of peter out a bit. You but. know what Fitzpatrick did too? And that was that 2018 or 2019 or something like that? 18, Maybe? I think. Yeah. When, when he did that, like when he turned heel or, you know, turned face, got a cool beard, a good chain, like <laughs> he like in a day changed his brand. Like yeah, was, right. he was just a goof from Harvard for 12 years and he, <laughs> yep. and he came out looking like uh he belonged to the playboy mansion and <laughs> now he's got a job doing commentary and everybody knows him because of his marketability you know as a visual asset whereas before he was just some anonymous dude that was gonna show up for your team and be good for two months and he looked that. just incredibly badass yeah no that's yeah. it's the power of television and the power of your look you know, so note note to self on that. Uh, my for my final one for week two before we look ahead is Trevor Lawrence in general. Um, I challenge each viewer if you don't already sit down and watch a game with Trevor Lawrence in it. And I swear to God, that man in the pocket has everything. Now they're not gonna go win the Super Bowl this year. Probably won't even do it next year. But the way that he moves his feet, the way that he throws the ball, he's gonna be around for a very long time. And perhaps because he's in Jacksonville for the next 3.9 seasons, uh, maybe he won't get off the ground there. But his mechanics, the way that he does everything for quarterbacking, he's going to be a very good quarterback. And most of you probably already know that. But I I got to watch him substantially last weekend. And he's the real deal. It's just a matter of win. Wes, your final week two tidbit. Cody would be so happy of you right now. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was going to say that and I was going to comment on there because wasn't it Cody actually predicted the Jaguars to potentially win that division, yeah. talked up the Jaguars and talked down the Colts. So it seems like he's wiser beyond his ears yeah. currently yeah. right now too. Yeah, that doesn't look like bullshit at all. No. <laughs> All right, I'm going to the game of the week. <laughs> West chuckles at that. My <laughs> prediction was the the rise of the Miami Dolphins, and oh boy, did they provide <laughs> a game! You must have been uh, nervous the, for about an hour, though. The game of the week. Doesn't Actually, even acknowledge me. I missed the second half. Oh, okay. Um, one of my best friends had uh, a baby shower. They've been trying for a long time. And uh, so he gets a pass for doing a baby shower on football Sunday. But <laughs> um, the the best game of the week, in my opinion, two high profile stud quarterbacks battling it out. Uh, Lamar Jackson stat line, 318 passing yards, three TDs, 119 rushing yards with the TD. Tua, uh, 469 passing yards, six TDs. Uh, Tua was beating man coverage. He was beating zone coverage. Miami is going to be a problem for a lot of teams this year. Uh, Miami is the first team ever to have uh, two players with 150-plus receiving yards, 10-plus receptions, and two-plus TDs a game. Uh, Jalen Waddle had 11 receptions, 171 yards and two touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, 11 receptions, 190 yards and two touchdowns. Um, they're going to have to, at some point, get this running game going a little bit and 
get a little less uh, pass half uh, heavy or happy uh, to help that defense out. Uh, this was a, a really good defense last year, and mm-hmm. um, it, it might have just been going up against um, Baltimore, uh, and then obviously they match up with Buffalo this weekend. Um, but I, I think eventually the run game will have to be a little more prominent to uh, help that defense out. But uh, the Miami Dolphins are here. And I think they fully intend to continue their ascension. Yep. And you've been saying it since I think the draft or maybe right after the draft that you believed in what they could do. One thing I learned going through stats like a weirdo is for some reason, I think it's because of the way he's built. Maybe he's left-handed. I thought that he scrambled, but he didn't, he didn't run. He's got not not too much. He's got three carries for a yard. His his pass is a little bit awkward looking too i think it's just because yeah. he's a lefty yeah right. it might be might yep. be but yeah holy well, yeah. shit but wes wow but, but don't uh don't get it twisted thinking because Tua looks spunky and looks fast he's kind of like teddy bridgewater where nope they don't they don't do that <laughs> they don't take yep. off and run uh, i think he had like 100 something rushing yards last year which is nothing so yeah the young mobile quarterback is indeed true he's mobile but he doesn't run with it so he's not kind of in that category of cam newton randall cunningham where you have to worry about injuries or Lamar. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, yeah, he's well, a thrower. Think, it, he is. And think about this though. Cause you remember when he was coming out in college, when he was in college and his college highlights they, that I, I just remember vividly seeing nothing but deep balls and nice mm-hmm. passes and things like that. And I mean, for anybody, I guess, now that I think about it to even question if he can do it, I mean, remember all the receivers he had at Alabama at his disposal. I mean, just an arsenal of them. Now he's got him in the NFL, and he just looks exactly how he looked in college. <laughs> he does. Incredibly coached, too, it looks like, too. Wow. Yeah. Just incredible. Yeah, that was, uh, I think you, you'll recall, Jason, you and I went to uh, Timberwolves and uh, Cavs. Cavs game in 2018, and that, that weekend the national championship was going on. I think that was the game where Tua came in and took over. And the world was like, oh, okay. I can't remember which duty took over for. I'll have to look it up. But I remember having that on and thinking, oh, I'll have to learn how to say his name someday. They had yeah. Jalen Hurts. They had two. Yeah, I was going to uh, say it was Hurts. They had Mac Jones. Oh, okay. All, all on that same team. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah, but name all the receivers they have. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. They had Devontae Smith. They Waddle. had Waddle. Oh, my goodness. They had like three first team offenses. Yeah. So Wes is correct. That was Hertz had eight passing attempts that game. And then Tua took over. And uh, the, <laughs> yeah, the Spock score is a who's who of NFLers Najee Harris, Damian oh. Harris, Josh Jacobs, Devonta Smith, Calvin Ridley, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, um, some tight end, Hale Hinches. I think he's in the NFL. And I'm not, that's not even getting to the defense yet, but uh, yeah. So that was a, a dream team of college, but yeah, that was, that was four years ago, well, over almost five years ago when Tua came to prominence. Yeah. And wasn't that then what eventually led Hertz to request that uh, transfer or yep. whatever? Yeah. Yep. Indeed it was. All right. What's your final week two one, Jason? We'll get into week three. Um, I thought I already, Oh, we're do- we did we're doing four. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. We can hop into the week three stuff if you're ready. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I was just going to say, I was just so floored about, uh, about the, the Flacco thing. I was going to end on that. <laughs> yeah, that was your mic drop. Yeah, we don't want to mess up a good thing. Um, <laughs> and I'll follow up. Um, it's an apropos time for me to do my look ahead uh, on Wes's topic about his victory. Oh, I will. I will say one surprise that I that I fa- that I that I, I, I did feel was going to not live up to the hype because of all the hype. And that has been the AFC West matchup so far. Yeah. Yeah, yep. they, uh, it feels like it's Chiefs kind of a supremacy, but I think it'll tighten up. Uh, w- one of my things here is the Broncos after I talk about the Dolphins, and I'll, I'll elaborate there. Um, on the Dolphins, so Wes in the victory lap, they're looking like the real deal. Well, they got a big damn test this week because they play the Bills. Both teams are 2-0. and uh, I would say this is the Dolphins, you know, welcome to the big leagues moment. However, the Bills feel like they are just strangling everybody. So I don't think it would be a catastrophe if the Dolphins lose. However, if they win, wow, uh, then, you know, Wes, you're going to have to wear a crown or something next week. Um, but I just think that because, you know, the Patriots have faded to the wayside without Brady there and Belichick seems like a human without Brady. Uh, this is two, two and O teams and the dolphins and bills going at it. And it wouldn't have been that big of a deal a couple of years ago, but now it's offensive powerhouses. The bills are also a defensive powerhouse and I'll have to check. It might be the only battle of two and O's. I can't, I can't recall. What's uh, uh, Miami's defense. Like uh, didn't, not as good. Well, it should be. It, it's we're in this, as you know, your team, we're in this weird territory of rust getting shaken off because of no preseason and then Miami's defense was very, they hung their hat on it last year. Yeah. Yeah. And so now thought. you're trying to figure out what the outliers are. The Vikings defense looked like feces against the Eagles. Now <laughs> you're trying to figure out, all right, is this just the way it's going to be? Or are they going to bounce back? So I think every team is still going through growing pains. Um, but the Dolphins defense personnel wise should be okay. Maybe not great, but not serviceable. Letting, yeah. Not letting Lamar do what he did. Uh, Wes, what's your first week three item? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go back to that game that you're mentioning. Um, Bills at Miami. The at part is um, really, I think, what's going to come into uh, play here. This is set up to be uh, the game of the week. Um, currently, it's forecasted uh, weather to be at uh, 86 degrees with uh, lightning and showers. Uh, so that weather could be very, very muggy. Um, you know, Buffalo, I, I'm, I'm sure most football players are, are used to playing in, uh, some type of heat, but I, I do know that those September games in Miami or in Florida, um, can put a stranglehold on, on some of these teams that aren't well conditioned. Um, I, I'm looking forward to see if Tua can keep ascending, uh, keep up what he's been doing and then you know can buffalo continue to demolish teams uh, this game is one of four uh we have this weekend with uh over under uh at or over 50 points um and i think believe all all four of those games uh with the over under at, at or over 50 are divisional contests uh divisional contests typically are not shootouts uh so um 
this one has all the markings of a shootout, but it, I, I also wouldn't be surprised if it was just some bloodbath defensive <laughs> struggle as well. Another thing that's interesting for any folks that gamble, uh, most of the addicts on this show do not um, because they're addicts, not for gambling, but for other substances in their past life. <laughs> All recovered. I had a gambling problem. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. All right. So uh, pump the brakes there. One of the assholes on the show does have a gambling problem. Used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all Recovered kicked, gambler. We kicked the alcohol. He kicked the alcohol and the gambling. Uh, Wes, this is a whole nother bucket of worms. Uh, but that's a long setup. Go look at all the home underdogs this week. I counted nine. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. it's and that isn't the norm. Usually there's like five or six. But yeah, if you get if if you listeners are bored and you gamble, go look at all the home underdogs. It's a little abnormal. Uh, Jason, what's your first thing you're looking at week three? Well, the one of the first things I'm going to look at is uh, going to be two of the people or two of the teams I mentioned in my previous segment, and that's going to be the Bengals and the Jets. Mm. Um, can the Bengals get their offense going against the Jets and? The most important question is, can the understood quarterback maintain his top five quarterback ranking? <laughs> um, you know, and if the Jets can somehow win this, I and Flacco has anything to do with that actual victory, you almost have to wonder, uh, is, are they going to roll with him when Zach Wilson is? They, they won't, will they? Of course no, not, because no, I don't think he'll I don't think Flacco will sustain this. No, I don't think so either. Um, but gee, many Christmas if he does. That's I'm kind of going for the guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm pretty high on I'm very high on Zach Wilson as well. Um, but you know, it's it's always nice to see it. Yeah, and that's the other thing when I mentioned a few minutes ago about the old warhorse quarterback, 34, whatever, coming back because his quarterback gets hurt, is you usually cheer for the guy because you remember his glory days. And that's what's happening now. Um, and it's happened. I don't know if it happens every single year, but since I've started watching football 33 years ago, um, it happens frequently. First, uh, back <laughs> when I was real young, there was a dude named Mike Tomzak that came in. Oh, for, God, yeah. Came mm-hmm. in for the Steelers. He looked good in relief of Neil O'Donnell. And then he parlayed that into a starting job for the Bears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how it used to go in the NFL. You didn't need uh, a elite planet quarterback. Uh, you used to just throw some dickhead out there and be like, yeah, see what you, see what you can do. They, 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 yeah. I swear to God, they used to do that. Well, that's where they got this. Uh, the the backup quarterback is the sexiest position on the field. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, because, you know, yeah. So I, I either way, I mean, in, in Flacco was never really that great either. Mm, no. I mean, but he, you no, know, one month. His, one month. One yep. month of app. And it, that's all I needed. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. That's it's kind of like it's kind of like Stafford has, I think, secured Hall of Fame because of one season and then in particular four games with a like a beautifully <laughs> rostered team. Yeah, that's right. All right, my next one, I teased a little bit while ago is do the Broncos finally come together as a team that that wins. They don't have an easy test because now you have the old 49ers with Garoppolo, which is basically the same team we've known since 2018-2019 when Garoppolo was actually healthy. Um but yeah, I want to know that <clears throat> I picked them to go 11 and 6 be right there with the chiefs and we all know what happened week one, which was like just destined to be a a revenge snake bitten circumstance in Seattle. And then they bungled their way through the Texans came out with a W Uh, I want to know, like, is this going to come together? And you know, they rattle off five in a row. It's not easy 
in Monday night, uh, Sunday night football, but they are at home. And so I want to know when I sit down to, I'll just be getting home from the Vikings game, watch the second half of that. Like, all right, is this, is this a Russell Wilson team that's finally showed up? Um, or is this going to be a loss or just another one of those, you fall into a win when you're playing the Texans type of thing? Yeah, well, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see if there, he's going to have any receivers other than Cortland Sutton to throw to either. I mean, really? I don't know if Judy's going to be playing. I don't know if Hamler will be back. So that's the that's the one unfortunate part. You can't really gauge it. But um, yeah, because yeah, they're missing eight or nine starters. Or yeah, they are yeah. questionable at least. Yep. Yeah, Something. I mean, you're missing offensive linemen. You're missing <laughs> secondary help. You're. Mi- I mean, this is week two, and we rested our starters in the preseason to avoid this. So, yeah. yeah, that's the frustrating part about it all. So I've been, I, I have the same, same uh, questions that you do. <laughs> uh, Wes, what's your number two? Uh, number two, I will go to previously mentioned Kansas City at Indy. Uh, must win for Indy. Uh, they should have uh, the Maniac back on their defense and uh, Michael Pittman as well. Uh, they will be at home. Uh, Casey, though, is going to have 10 days off uh, to prepare for, for this team. Um, you know, it's it's put up or shut up time for Indy. They tied in week one, and they uh, went out and looked lackluster last week. Uh, I think starting 0-2-1 on the season uh, will, you know, put them – far enough down the list that I, I don't believe that they can come back from. So uh, to me, this is a must win game for them. Yeah. And it should have been two and oh, because the way that they have more talent, either one of those teams tying was inexcusable and then getting shut out was even <laughs> more <Right>. sinful. <laughs> I mean, my God, uh, Jason, you're number two. Uh, my number two is going to be the Jags against the car uh, chargers. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to Sud- see suddenly a good game. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I'm interested to see exactly how good this this Jaguars team is. I mean, this will be a great test for them. And, you know, obviously, secretly, I'm hoping that they win this. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know, I don't think it gets much more challenging than going up against uh, against a team as stacked as on both sides of the ball as the Chargers. So. Um, that I think that's going to be a really interesting game. I, I can't wait to see Trevor Lawrence and how he responds to that. Another thing that's cool about the Jaguars is they're one of the, in my opinion, Wes, you can tell me if there's other teams like this. They're one of the few teams that's playing with house money where unless your name's Cody Spears, you didn't think that they were going to make the playoffs. <laughs> They've got a quarterback that nobody's going to give up on. They got a first year head coach. They just shut out a team. And so they, if they go, Seven and ten, great. They're going in the right direction. If they go eleven and six, it's like holy shit. They they put together a fabulous off season. But, yeah, yeah. Well, but nobody's little, jobs on the line. Nobody's. And and, right. and, and we were just giving them shit the other week about them doing what the what yeah. the Patriots just went up and <laughs> spent a me. bunch of money on guys, <laughs> yeah. on dudes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, one of them was Christian Kirk, who's like you know sixth in the league in receiving yards or some stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I feel like they're they can play loose because the Chargers can't. Brandon Staley, you can't miss the playoffs. Herbert, you're gonna start to get scrutinized if you miss the playoff. And if you go down the line of every NFL team, they usually have either the head coach or the quarterback gotta do something. And with the Jaguars, both of them are like, you know what, go out. If you go 
five and 12, we know it's still better than last year. If you go out and go 11 and six, like get, this is how we drew it up. So they got there. They got flexibility. Yeah. No pressure. No. Uh, my third one is mo- not team oriented, but it's about running backs. Do running backs come roaring back? Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook have been quiet. Is that because of an age related wear and tear thing? Wes talked about Austin Eckler. Najee Harris hasn't been the superstar that fantasy owners foresaw. Joe Mixon's been quiet. Is is one of these weeks where all of the titans of industry running backs come storming back and say, "Yep, now now we hit our groove. The rust is gone, and you know we're, we own this league." Because otherwise, it's a lot of upside down fantasy football teams, and uh, a lot of people who thinks running backs really don't matter will be kind of vindicated in general. Yeah. Throw throw Taylor into that mix too. Oh yeah, yep, yep, yeah. He was quiet last week. Uh, Wes, your third, and then we'll we'll get to J- Jason's third. Uh, third one for me is uh, Detroit, Minnesota. Um, I, I'm interested to see what kind of teams these are. Uh, being a Vikings fan, um, you know. The Monday night football showing was a little bit disappointing, uh, but not necessarily um, something that I, I didn't foresee taking place. Uh, I think looking over uh, the course of the NFL landscape uh, from the first two weeks, there were a, a lot of highs and lows with teams. And so this was in the, the scope of outcomes. And I, I think they were riding high after beating uh hated division rival in green bay in week one and doing so in uh a fairly sound fashion that um yeah, i think they got a little ahead of themselves and this was a, a good piece of humble pie for them uh detroit on on the other hand you know they we talked about them earlier they have a lights out offense right now and a, a young uh, fast defense. Um, so I, I'm interested to see, you know, are they for real? Are they going to be uh, a team that as a Vikings fan, we have to kind of circle on the calendar to, to watch out for or, or what? Um, but yeah, Minnesota has a lot to prove. Can they handle the pressure? Um, pun intended. Um, they did not do a good job on handling the blitz pressure um, from a team level. Uh, the quarterback didn't do a good job diagnosing. The offensive line didn't do a good job uh, shifting and and accounting for people. Even with the free rusher, there's ways that you can design the blocking to where that free rusher comes from one side, uh, but it wound up coming from both sides and the middle. Um, and then the, the wide receivers, they, they didn't break off their routes either. When when you see the blitz coming, there should be a hot route for the quarterback to find. And, and I just didn't see that. And then the coaching staff, um, and I, I mentioned, you know, is, is Detroit's rebuild over? Um, and then finally, you know, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, he's been lights out. We talked about him earlier. Uh, oh, uh, Minnesota will eventually get to see uh, the first round pick that they traded to Detroit, <laughs> Jamison Williams, who um, is arguably the the best wide receiver from this class. Uh, so 
did the Minnesota Vikings just kick themselves by uh, kind of allowing for this dynamic duo to be created? Who wins, Vikings or Lions? Uh, Vikings will win this game. You think they bounce back? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. well, I'm just what uh, we have. You and I haven't really talked about this one on one, which is weird. That first half scared the shit out of me. That that they are capable of thinking that was a good defensive game plan, because I mean, it was yeah. just like nothing. I mean, yeah. you didn't sell out to stop the run because they still beat your face in with the run. And then the secondary was just so I want to know who thought that that was a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see what, Matt uh, Fry's um, tweet? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a side by side between uh, Rogers week one numbers and uh, Hertz week one numbers. And uh, with this soft shell coverage that Donatel's running it these quarterbacks are just peppering uh the intermediate area of the field for first down after first down after first down rogers wasn't able to capitalize on it in week one but hurts absolutely capitalized on it and in week two that's what bugs me is that there's somebody in that building that thought that this would be a good idea because i never want to see it again and you know i've I've, from all of our peers in the vikings community i I read stuff that well they're going to have to pick a side of the ball to stop each game you know stop the run sell out to stop the pass and and i'm and i'm like wait wait wait, wait. we got zadarius smith neil hunter dalvin tomlinson harrison phillips eric kendricks harrison smith cameron dantzler patrick peterson and we can't we're just one of those teams that sucks on defense. Like what, what am I missing? There's gotta be a defensive coordinator that can make these dudes decent. And it was far from decent in the first half against the Eagles. So naturally we talked a little bit more about the Vikings than uh, we did on the other topics, but Jason, give us your third thing you're looking for. And then we'll go to the final round. Oh man. I gotta tell you, I was looking through all the games and there's so there's a lot of good games this weekend. And you know, and I don't know that any of them win or lose for any team is really going to tell us much. Um, what I mean by that is, is like, you know, I'm we're talking about the Titans and we talked about how lowly they look earlier, but you know what? They're going against Josh McDaniels mm-hmm. uh, in the Raiders. Mike Vrabel might want to win that game a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, so just think if the Titans win and the Raiders fall to 0 and 3, is it, but I'm still not really willing to say that the Titans are better than the Raiders or that the Raiders suck is the thing. Um, but ultimately I got to go back to one that you mentioned right away. Uh, the bills and the, and the dolphins. Um, if the dolphins win this undefeated, <laughs> undefeated, and they will, they will be the last team to do it. And the newest team to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. If they pull this off. Oh my God. What a game it's going to be. Oh, if they went, if they started to go undefeated, like some 12 and 0, 13 0 stuff, then I kid you not, I would go pull the old video of Wes from all summer and I'd find a way to splice it all together. That way I could make him internet famous. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> he's like, he's like, why don't you do that right now? You prick. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. I think the Giants Cowboys would be a good one too. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly you gotta we gotta figure out if the Giants are so well coached by Brian Dable that they're the real deal. Yeah, squeaked uh, by with a couple of squeakers. Yeah, yeah and, and, and they're two and all, but you know, hey, yeah, two and yeah. is two and all. It, it reminds me, no offense, of your ball club last year, where it was like, you know, yep. you, know you got a little 
we'll see. And (laughs) it didn't quite pan out. Uh, So yeah, you stole my thunder, which is perfectly fine. My final one is that there will be an obituary written between the Raiders and the Titans. And there's not a goddamn thing they can do about it. They're both 0-2. They both talented football teams. Um, However, since 1990, when the NFL went to six teams per conference, uh, 157 teams have started 0-3, and only four of them have reached the playoffs. So 2.5% chance. Now it's a little expanded because there's seven teams now. But if you are 0-3, you need you know an absolute long conversation with Jesus to get out of it. So I, it's weird to think that Josh McDaniels in his first year, there are going to be kaput. Or as I s- tried to foreshadow, um, with the Titans, that it's gonna it's gonna be zero and three, and probably heading toward a roster blow up in February and March. Yeah, because the my- Titans ain't getting rid of their coach. No, no, he's nope. he's good, and it's just it, it would have been one of those circumstances that their window has expired. You don't yep. need to fire the coach, but you do need to go to. I keep thinking Vince Young, uh, Malik Willis. You mm-hmm. need to pivot there, and then Henry. It probably will have meant if they don't have a winning record that Henry is on his way down. And naturally, what is he 20? Naturally speaking, he's 28 or so, Wes, or 29. Let me go look. He's up there for sure. Yeah, Yeah. he's. And the battering ram style that he employs, uh, it's going to catch up with them. He is 28. He'll be 29 in January. So by the time the regular season ends, he will be 29. So, yeah, you take a 29-year-old running back who's been a workhorse, Ryan Tannehill, who's meh, good, meh. And yeah, that would mean that they're going to start over. They have Malik Willis on the roster for a reason. And I don't know if they need some big badass rebuild, um, but they would, they would not be the Titans that you've grown accustomed to in the last three years. So an obituary will be written in Las Vegas or in Nashville. Yep. And that, it, that game is in Nashville too, correct? Yeah. Yep. It is. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Wes, give us your final thing you're watching for. Final thing I am watching for Green Bay at Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah, I can't believe be the, said that one yet. The last time we see the Rodgers versus Brady uh, matchup, it will be. Yeah, and uh, it's a little lackluster uh, with all the wide receivers that <laughs> are kind of missing. Isn't that kind of cool though? It, you get to see it, which mono we mono quarterback. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it kind of levels the playing field, reduces <laughs> Brady to the mean because of all his injuries and suspensions, because Rogers really don't have a whole lot over there anyway. Right. So. Uh, also gives us a good chance to see uh, this Tampa defensive unit, um, which is arguably um, the best in the business right mm-hmm. now. So um yeah, that that's the the number one game I'm excited f- to see, um, outside of the the Bills at Miami. Yeah, go Bucks, baby! Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Jason, take us off air. What's the last thing you're watching for? I am I am gonna be watching, hoping, praying that the Broncos <laughs> score at least three touchdowns. <laughs> Not too much to ask. That's not. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, Russ is fully capable of, God, I've seen him before he was with our team putting up three to four touchdown passes. You know, it's like, I just want to see a couple touchdowns. That's it. That, I mean, that is it. <laughs> Gosh, take advantage of those missed opportunities. But hey, we did win last week and we somehow, somehow had more penalties than we did the week before. <laughs> the week before was a freaking franchise record. Yeah, not the it. records you want to break. 
Uh, but with the Vikings, I'm looking forward to the Vikings game too, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I am. And of course, uh, Wes, one thing for, for, for perspective is that if you polled my, most Vikings fan two and a half weeks ago, they would have predicted a one and one record at this point. Um, so it's weird to think that on Monday night, Tuesday morning, most of us were like, what in the hell was that shit? Um, just because okay. the way that they lost felt like a Mike Tice run team from 2003 or so. Um, but yeah, if you, if you think about it, one and one first place in NFC North, you know, it's all, it's all up to them, how they respond. If they come out and look like morons and same thing happens, then you've got a big death con four type of problem. But otherwise, the, cool, the good news is. I think you cut out there, sir. I got muted. Yeah, you got muted. Go ahead. The good news is, is if, or I should say the bad news, depending on which way you look at it, is if the Vikes come out and look like we all know they're capable of looking and beat the Lions, hopefully people don't just chalk it up to say, well, it's just the Lions. Oh, they will. Yeah, I know (laughs) they will. The Lions have been playing some good ball. Yeah, I've been. Well, I mean, yeah. it, it it's 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 the most of the football community that will say it's just the Lions because they've been the Lions forever. Um, but if you get into the numbers like weirdos like we do, no, they're they're a different brand of Lions. Now, if they show up and they play like the Lions, then I'm fat. I'm happy. I'm like good. Um, but yeah, so far they've looked different. They felt different. Watch their highlights, look at the numbers and it would all check out because you knew Dan Campbell was going to do something at least a little bit revolutionary to a team that needed a big kickstart. And, you know, and then it happened to be on HBO and yeah. uh, it's just, it's just storybook. Mm-hmm. So, well, and then the bikes came out and their bikes fans are probably in some kind of a conundrum, right? Because they, they came out and they laid it to the Packers. Mm-hmm. Awesome. win. Then they come out and they get beat by the, I mean, the expectations had to have gone up through the roof after mm-hmm. that Packers victory. And then you lose to a, which some are saying is the best team in the NFC. Um, and then they're thinking, Oh God, we suck again. <laughs> and I got Vikings fans at work that have, that have said that, and that are now questioning the hire and everything. So now if you come out and beat the lions, what changes your mood? Are you back to how you felt after week one? Or are you still not sure? And it's just like, you got, you get thrown this, this semi good team, or at mm-hmm. least this year so far, but it's still the lions. So yeah. people expect them to win. And even if they do win, doesn't solidify their coaching or their, their views on the team one way or another. I don't think, but I it'll think, all depend on how they look. Yeah. If they beat the lions ass like 41, 10, then everybody would come right back from that. Yes. Enthusiasm from week one. If they lose, boy, it's going to be panic. Um, if they win, <laughs> if they win by a field goal, it, it's kind of interpretive then because yep. it's it's kind of like you right now with the Broncos. A win's a win, and um, it shouldn't be naughty that you beat these Lions by a field goal. Um, but I, I take solace in knowing it's in the Vikings' house. It'll be loud, and if if they are a good football team, then they will respond. If they're not, <laughs> then who knows? It could be a shootout or they lose 48-45. Yeah, for sure. All right, gentlemen, we will be back with Cody Spears next week. We think we'll go through the same format, going through three things a piece. We have a panel of four, and that'll be going through all the week three items and previewing week four. Anything else, gentlemen? Enjoy the week of football, man. It's going to be a good one. All right, we'll talk to you guys in a week. All right, good night, guys. Later.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.